0: Welcome to the SaaS Ad Lab Podcast, where we're going to you the stories of SaaS founders, entrepreneurs, and CEOs. My name is Luis. I'm the owner and founder of Phantom Agency, a digital marketing agency specializing in scaling SaaS companies. And today I have the pleasure of interviewing John Connor. He is the founder of Atensa, which is a SaaS tool that pretty much helps everyone on a team stay aware of everything that's going on that is relevant to them, while not taking their attention away from the things that matter to them. So it's kind of like a knowledge platform kind of uh, tool, but I'll let you talk a little bit more about that. Obviously you're the one that knows everything. So, um, one more thing, John was very kind to provide anyone that is listening or watching to the podcast We're, with an additional month on the free trial, all you have to do is book a demo and let them know that you came from the podcast and they'll be able to provide that for you. So John, why don't you tell us a little bit more about yourself, where you grew up and uh, is this your first company?
1: Yeah, so um, it's funny, I can get into some interesting context here because to clarify, I'm not actually the, the founder of Atenza. Okay. So a- Atenza is in this really interesting position where it's actually been around for over 13 years. Um, far before I was on, they raised a bunch of money, they acquired other companies, they have some really unique technology that they've integrated all into one place. Um, but we're now going from an enterprise strategy to a kind of more mass market startup strategy. And uh, we're essentially taking the service that they've been providing for a while successfully and iterating on and making it turnkey for smaller, more agile teams so that they can leverage enterprise technology as well. So we're essentially going from an enterprise-focused company to a startup, right? Okay. And so I'm kind of leading um, that, uh, that approach right now within the company, right? So I'm, I'm not a founder, but I'm kind of playing that role right now, right, okay. as we transition because they still have the enterprise clients, but we're focused, you know, on teams um, technically any, any size, but like we say like five to 200 right now is kind of our, our sweet spot. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, uh, d- just to clarify there, but yeah, you, you had uh what Intention does essentially right. Um, it pulls in a bunch of information from around the web and delivers them into topics that you create, right? A topic can be as uh, specific or as general as you'd like it to be, right? So if you're, let's say, Uh, working on an AI startup, like most people don't need updates if if they're in that field on AI in general, right? Because there's so much going on, it just becomes noise to them. They're working on a specific implementation, certain types of algorithms, uh, certain patterns, um, or certain implementations of the technology, there's certain code bases or platforms, right? So they're following specific things and they need to be able to filter down that information, right? Because um, obviously, in the internet age, there's just a lot of noise when we go online, right? No, no matter what field you're in, there's people writing you know, t- listicles, top 10 articles, there's pop-ups everywhere, ads. So it pulls the information into these specific topics, and then it uses algorithms and semantic tagging to rank the content in those topics, okay. right? So when you check your feed, you're, it's, it's first of all organized, right? It's topical in a way that you control, and then it's also ranked for you. And it learns from you over time, right? With the articles that you like in that feed, uh, with the ones you spend the most time on, and it looks at a number of other things as well, right? So that's the, um, the topics and the ranking are two really core things. And the third thing is the team's functionality. The fact that you essentially create a catalog and any of your team members can add their own topics. You can follow their topics. You can see what the most read articles are. You can share directly to Slack. Amongst re- the team? Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, it's really built to help a team kind of uh, scale their overall awareness of what people are reading, what's keeping them updated, what are the relevant articles, right? Uh, because in the modern team, you need to be aware of you know, competitive intelligence, uh, new marketing strategies, what your, your, your competition is up to, um, you know, what kind of content is really working for them um, and is getting a lot of traction. So monitoring all these types of things in an automated way across your entire team uh, is what a allows teams to do.
0: And I, I know uh, recently you announced, um, at least in the group and a couple of different groups that Atensa went under a pivot. And essentially, I think it was a pretty uh, big, from what I can see so far, because before you were only focusing on keeping, um, and correct me if I'm wrong, but from what I understood, you were only focusing on keeping individuals um, you know aware of what was going on with the content. Right and then you switched over to doing it as a whole team, um, where now you're focusing on keeping a team um, you know, on top of whatever is going on in their industry or whatever topics they want to learn about. So what was the reasoning uh, behind that?
1: So, um, you know, there's a, a couple of important drove that decision. Um, one is that, really big picture, it's what, where Atenza can provide the most value is in a team context and where it's honestly more of a paradigm shifting platform, Um, because there's not that many solutions in the market right now that allow teams to have this kind of like collaborative, automated awareness, right? Um, there's there's a lot of manual work that gets done. People share things in like Slack, for example, right? But they still have to. Everyone has their own processes of like you know newsletters they follow, websites they visit, forums they dig through, you know conversations they're a part of on Facebook and in Facebook groups, right? Like all the marketing groups that we're a part of, mm-hmm. stuff like that. They still have to do a lot of manual curation, right? So this just allows a lot of that to be more automated, and then for you to be able to see you know what what your other teammates are doing. So that's one thing. Is that we, it's really a more impactful. Platform when we look at it through a team's lens right right. Um, and our original decision was you know to onboard individuals and then kind of bring them to understand the team's concepts uh, We just decided based off of like market testing and looking at like, you know How people were responding to different messaging that it just made sense for us to be more upfront about the team's focus and just from a uh, you know, a raw numbers standpoint, it's just more efficient for us mm-hmm. to pick up a team of forty people, right? Onboard them all to a set them up all with topics that are accustomed to their domains, get mm-hmm. them going rather than to go after individuals and try to, you know, provide them the best customer service. So right. part of it is just economically driven. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Beautiful. And, uh, one of the things that I wanted to ask you also is, you know, as far as the perfect customer, you mentioned that you are in the sweet but I think you said 50 to 200 uh, people right now, mm-hmm. uh, what essentially, so you have like the size down, but is there a specific vertical, uh, in, 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 you know, the startup uh, world that kind of tends to use a Atensa more than others?
1: Yeah, so, you know, this is the tricky thing, right, is that we really think we're doing something that's both obvious and very unique, right? But we'll shift the way people approach Mm -hmm. just acquiring the day-to-day information they need to stay updated, right? So in that sense, we think it applies to pretty much every field and anyone that interacts with updating, you know, knowledge, right? Whether you're in the sciences, uh, running a startup in finances, you know, really across the board if you're in creative fields, but, um, you know, you can't satisfy everybody all at once, right. right? So the areas that we're focusing on right now are other startups, right? B2B startups specifically. Uh, we're looking at angel groups and incubators, people that already get immediately the value of constantly being updated, right? They understand that, you know, just coming across um, the right article at the right time um, that, that has this like really key trend that like Slack is uh, focusing on, right? That might mean that you... You know have a better investor report or make a better product decision right or prioritize things in a certain way um, that just allows you to accomplish more right so it's just when you have the best information um, all the time and you don't have to worry about digging through the noise to get to it so you have you save time and you're more likely to get that the innovative um, sparks you know right, right, right. you need from looking at trends and looking at what other people are doing
0: awesome and what are some of the features that you can actually take on while you're using the application like um this is this is something that i see a lot of times now in in articles and blog posts and things like that is that you usually get a number of minutes that it takes for you to go through that article um is there maybe a way for people to have different topics based on the amount of time that each one of them is going to take them to read i know for example me um and i don't use anything like this and and to be honest the only thing that i use to like curate content would be google alerts and it's around two different things it's facebook advertising updates to know whether some big change happened or something like that but i rarely ever read them um i'll just i just see it and it's like it's like an extra spam email in my inbox um so I, I don't like that and i know like i should be reading it in the back of my head every time i, I mark it as red. i know that i should probably read it and see like at least what it's about um but other than that and it's mostly because i think that it's going to suck up too much of my time, where if I had, you know, like a little bucket of articles and and topics that are going to take me one to two minutes to read, then I'm more likely to actually go in there and look through it.
1: Yeah, that's interesting. You know, um, we have a really robust API uh, that they've been building for years, and we're slowly surfacing a lot of features and a lot of new functionality piece by piece. So what you're describing makes a lot of sense, and that's something we can even build into the ranking, right? If we see that certain users prefer to read shorter articles, we can service them higher and let them know that this is a read that can get done in eight minutes, kind of like a an impact per time rating, right? right? So, you know, the reason I say that is just to illustrate, like, th- there's a lot of different directions that we can take this in. What we have right now is, you know, it, it, it's very functional. It delivers the core functionality um, of, Streamlining the content delivering it to the right places integrating with, with like, you know, for example slack or sending it via email um, It's a good mobile experience um, But yeah, what you're suggesting, you know, is something that we would definitely consider down the line, right? It's we want to add a lot more bells and whistles that help people have a more custom Experience that fits their uh, their reading trends. For example.
0: yeah, awesome. And as far as users go, what? What has been the most? successful approach to actually acquiring new paying users um i'm pretty sure that's one of the reasons why the pivot happened because if you need a team then you get more people at once yeah but what was one of the so far what's been the best um approach to actually getting more paying users other than switching over to a team approach
1: yeah honestly it's just been um direct outreach um Communicating with people that we know are are already going to get the value of the platform. People that really value their time, right, and understand the value of having um, the most up to date information on various subjects. Mm-hmm. So these are like team leaders, uh, CEOs of you know startups that are between. Uh, I mean, there's kind of a range, really, but like twenty to fifty. Um, they're a little bit more senior. They're focused on fine tuning things, right? They understand the ROI of such investments. And uh, it's not just reaching out to them, but booking demos with them. Because once we start showing people, for example, like, you know, they, it's automated, right? You have all of your topics set up. These are things that you know you want to stay updated on. And then it just gets pushed there, right? And it learns from you over time. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like you make this upfront investment and then it's set it and forget it. You, you can always yeah. go back and add more. Um, you can always fine tune things but it learns from you and essentially just keeps them on improving, right? So the idea there is this, when it comes to, you know, calculating ROI, it's something that'll keep providing more and more value over time. And even the more team members you add, right? Because then um, it's it's more of a resource to more people as well. Totally.
0: And you mentioned something interesting. Um, when you When you talk about, you know, set it and forget it kind of things. And I think it's something that maybe hasn't been, or I haven't brought up a lot in, in different podcasts or something like that, but do you think that could be detrimental to the product towards the end? It's almost, it. it made me think of when I just told you about, you know, Google alerts, where I literally just went one day, said it, and I left it, and now it's doing its own thing, but I never got value out of that because I never opened the emails. Do you yeah. think it could turn into something like that without getting, you know, some sort of gamification into the product where you have to go in and maybe after you read a certain amount of minutes or articles or something, something happens?
1: Yeah. You know, uh, that one's kind of tricky. So on the one hand, totally, right. We want to have gamification. We want to find ways that we can um, get people's goals to align with their behavior on the platform, right? If there's key information in there and that's why we need to be checking it, then we need to find different ways to highlight that and surface it. You know, one big thing is just Slack integration, right? A lot of people that are kind of adopting uh what gets called uh, work stream collaboration mm-hmm. um kind of workflows, you know, they're, they're using Slack. They're focused on integrations. Uh They want to do everything in one place. Everything's very collaborative. Everyone comments on stuff. So delivering updates to the respective channels, right? If you uh have a marketing channel, right? So uh, all of, I'm on like 10 different Slacks for different like projects that I'm involved in and stuff, right? We always have like a a marketing channel, inspiration channel, a competitor's channel, stuff like that. So you can set these up, um, these topics in Intenza to go directly to those channels as well and just be delivering content there to be discussed and evaluated, you know, et cetera. And you know, we really do think we are delivering on the value proposition that you're getting streamlined content, right? So you actually want to be opening these emails. If you're gonna be just reading on your phone in a line or something like that or on a bus, you might as well be reading and it tends a briefing because it's finely tuned to what you actually need to be reading to do your job. Mm-hmm. Right. So part of it's just like, we're, we're confident in the product. But part of it is, yeah, I mean, the more data that we get, we want to find different ways to like kind of like prod people without being too intrusive. Right, right. Right. This is a, it's a, it's a professional tool and, um, it's meant for professional environments. So, you know, we are dealing with adults and we've got to kind of walk a line with that one. It's tricky. Yeah.
0: yeah. What's been one of the hardest things, um, from when you started going you know this kind of route as far as just making the 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 product for the masses that you mentioned earlier
1: yeah honestly um so this is funny i I keep i feel like we keep tooting our own horn when i say this but you know it's been navigating presenting something that we think is really game-changing and trying to fit it into pre-existing frameworks or uh weighing like you know how deeply to identify with those frameworks and I'll give you an example so we're looking at something like Feedly right so we think that like Feedly is a very basic version of what we do mm-hmm. um, your content isn't nearly as organized they, they don't use AI to curate they don't rank your content for you when you create a topic in Feedly you just have publications that go straight into that topic and you just have a giant thing that you it's really impossible to get through you know I, I find it's, it's essentially an RSS reader and I find those very difficult to use in the modern age so Um, They've then taken a team's approach where they're focused on like boards, for example, right? So that was initially my line of thinking when it came to the individuals, pursuing attention management for individuals, right? Um, Is to have something like Feedly, but far better because we already know we can effectively compete in that space. Um, And so it it was kind of difficult to navigate what made the most sense for the company, our resources, where we're at, um, where we think we can communicate most effectively. Where, where we think we can leverage our networks, you know, et cetera. Um, and a lot of conversations and, and gathering feedback and doing different things to lead us to that transition to the, the purely team's focus, right? Mm-hmm. So that's probably the most difficult thing because it was ongoing and it included evaluating so many variables um, in really what is, as I mentioned before, an emerging market, right? Where we think we're presenting a, a pretty unique workflow um, that is kind of obvious to us as well, right? right? Um, it represents a change from how people currently do things so navigating that has been the most difficult part and what's been the most
0: accomplishing feeling that or the, the action uh or something that happened that made you feel most accomplished
1: um you know on the one hand it's just making certain improvements like to the ux to the messaging etc that's made things click more right it builds my faith in what we're doing even and that's that's kind of exciting that's very gratifying so it's like those incremental steps but on the flip side it's just like you know doing an outreach um posting in a in a couple of places um posting a blog post something like that that drives traffic and then just having people sign up right having people get it and sign up and then message us um, via FreshChat or Intercom. We have Intercom in the application itself, mm-hmm. um, and you know, that all goes to our Slack, it's all integrated. And so seeing these things light up, there's like people are asking questions, they wanna know how to do things, they're understanding the flow of the platform, and they wanna get better results with things, right? So it's just no, seeing that things are slowly working more and more, and as we fine tune, um, just having that confidence that we can just deliver on this, this big picture platform. Mm-hmm.
0: Very cool. And as far as actually going, you know, or or I guess what am I trying to say here? Um, when you're thinking through what you know, where you want to be um with a TENSA um, you know, in, in one year or two years, what's on the roadmap and, and what kind of things do you want to accomplish within that time frame?
1: Yeah. You know, we, we have a really long list of features that we're building. Some of them are kind of obvious just as far as like, you know, implementing a really clear and streamlined workflow integrations, a number of other things like that. But we're also really confident that we're just going to keep learning, right? Like that, that's a big part of our onboarding process is uh, figuring out like at with every new person we add, what would make this work better for them, right? So a year from now, I, I really – imagine that we're going to have a very mainstream application the way that Slack is a mainstream application because it represents yeah. a certain way of working with communication. We represent a new way of working with the information that comes in through the web, right? And so, you know, whether it be from the integrations or just people using our platform, I think it's going to be something that's very mainstream and we're going to have an engine set up where we just keep on improving things, keep on building more integrations, making it easier to use, making it, uh, the information delivery better, more smooth, right? Less distractions. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're just gonna keep optimizing on those core values, right, that you need to get the information um, that's relevant to you, your work in front of you, and you need to get it without distractions, right. and it needs to be ranked for you, um, right? Because there's just too much, too much distraction out there on the web. So it's, we're gonna keep building on those fundamentals, and I think we're just gonna have an engine, uh, you know, of continuous growth through that.
0: Where do you f- see uh, user feedback? Um, you know, when it comes to actually putting everything on the roadmap where, or I guess, when do you know to trust data and not someone telling you, you know, how to do something where it would be a customer over here or a lot of customers, I guess.
1: Yeah. Um, you know, part of it is uh, just kind of like knowing the product, right? Like knowing, um, what someone is actually experiencing, what the real problem is. Because sometimes people articulate a solution. They say they want something when really they would just want to resolve a problem and they they think they have a solution for you, right? So there might be better ways sometimes to solve those problems. And so, you know, as kind of like the head of product, you just have to keep looking at things holistically, right? And like, we, we get feedback on, for example, our, our homepage messaging even. Um, one person arguing that you need to focus on the pain more. The other person arguing that we're focusing on the pain too much. We need to tell a story more, right? So it's like, you, you can't satisfy everybody. You kind of have to like, you know, uh, figure out how that feedback fits into things and then make adjustments uh-huh. in alignment with your own vision, right? But of how things need to be operating. Who's giving that
0: feedback on, for example, the homepage, is it users or is it someone within
1: the team or oh, is it? Yeah. Definitely a lot of users, we, we uh, do a lot of outreach online and, and as you've seen, right, and yeah. sure we're both a part of, um, you know, that, that's just how a lot of it goes. People are always posting about their SaaS platform, asking for feedback, talking about collaborations. So I've gotten a lot of feedback through those channels then also from our users. Um, we have a lot of opportunities in the application to give us feedback and I mentioned before use Intercom as well. And that all goes straight to our Slack, we respond to things as quickly as possible, right? So we're, we're, we're gathering feedback, we're looking at the support, um you know we're doing outreach um to just different channels to see how people respond to it kind of just you know everywhere we can get it and then really what our emphasis is shifting towards are these 30 minute onboarding experiences that we're setting up with people where we don't just um give them a tour of the platform we pretty much like set them up with a, a you know a new way of managing this information flow where we build the topics for them um so we're getting a lot of feedback through that as well you know figuring out like what's not as clear where what else we need to have in the application to help people go through things more easily have a better experience of consuming information and working with their team you know so it's it's been a very hands-on approach
0: yeah that's really cool yeah. and as far as actually implementing the things that people tell you um for example any sort of messaging on the platform or whatever it may be um do you simply hear them out and then once you have a certain amount of people say one thing you implement it or do you do you prefer to have data drive that decision where you kind of will do an A-B test with two different options and then take it from there?
1: Yeah, I think we're, we're still at a stage where the anecdotal has a lot of value, right? Just looking for people's visceral response to things, like really what are they feeling when they interact with things? Um, I think at like an early stage, um, and, and, and again, this is kind of early stage for us given, given the shift in our focus, um, which requires a lot more traffic, um, a lot, lot, you know, more people visiting the site, um, yeah. to really scale this, um, A-B testing is, can often be done prematurely. Um, mm-hmm. there's this concept I, I came across that was essentially referred to as AA testing, right? It's the idea that you can run a test and they have the exact same thing both times and still get very different results, right? Due to just so many different things that you can't control when you have smaller numbers. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, you know, un- until we have regularly, like, uh, tens of thousands in traffic. I don't think we're going to rely too much on uh, A/B testing, but it is something that you know we, we plan on doing. We've done on other projects in the past, um, but right now we're just really focused on these, like you know, having conversations with our ideal users, having these onboarding sessions, setting up their companies, and then just really digging in and making sure we can provide an experience for the people that are using the platform—a really solid experience. I'm um, hearing them out and trying not to get lost in the noise of the masses. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Everyone throwing out feedback, but the people that are, that really care about having a, a solid workflow on this and that are our real targets.
0: Yeah. And it actually you mentioned, you know, not word by word, but essentially one thing that has come up in, in quite a few of the podcasts that I've done is that you need to do things that are non-scalable at the very beginning and really oh, yeah. throughout the whole journey of, of starting a business and just running it and, and growing and scaling it. Um, but is doing things that you can't scale and that's more personable things like going on these demos one-on-one instead of having some sort of webinar that goes through it with, you know, a thousand people at the same time, um, or giving one of your clients a call and things like that and how really, you know, great those things are. And it's really what kind of separates you from whatever other company might be out there doing it the other way where it's just, okay, here's your kind of walkthrough and that's it. Where you're actually going in and, and setting these people up with with their you know the knowledge base and stuff like that, which is pretty cool.
1: Yeah, and these these are things, of course, you know, on a long enough timeline, we'd love to automate, have the turnkey, right? But you know, let me give you um, kind of the vision, for example, right? So imagine uh, you come to Attendza, you set up your workspace, and then there's all these pre-made topics, right? You type in whatever it is that you want to stay updated about just pre-made topics that are already streamlined. You can even see like thought leaders in different spaces, right? Thought leaders in Bitcoin, thought leaders in VR, thought leaders in marketing. And you can see ones that they've created, right? These are topics that they've curated and automatically follow those. Mm -hmm. Right. So like, that's what we're building towards is where it's just, it's so turnkey that there's all these topics already created. They're, they're ranked, they're very streamlined. And then you can even further, Curate them your, yourself, right? You can, you can uh, upvote content, downvote content. Um, you can add more sources, remove sources. Um, but for now, you know, it requires us to be very hands-on to figure out exactly what people want to stay updated on, uh, to make sure those topics are available, to build out entire workspaces that fit, for example, for SaaS platforms, right? There are certain things that most SaaS marketing platforms, uh, they want to stay updated on. Um, right, right. And we're building those topics for them. Right. Like drift is, is one of our, our targets right now. We're trying to onboard them onto right. Atenza, So we have a, a workspace we developed specifically for drift right? topics that are specifically for them. And we've learned exactly what to make for them from listening to their podcast. Right. They talk about this stuff. Their culture is about staying updated, uh, staying on the edge, um, you know, getting ahead of the trend by seeing what conversations people are having. And these are all things that our platform does. Right. It automates for you. So it fits exactly, you know, into their their uh, kind of core workflow ethos. right? Where it's constantly staying updated and uh, kind of being collaborative and updating your teammates on what's driving these important decisions, cultural yeah. decisions.
0: That's awesome. And we're getting kind of close here to to the end of the podcast, but essentially let's ask a couple more questions. Um, so, what would be one of the biggest pieces of advice, or just the one main thing that you would tell anyone that is? either working on building a new product or maybe pivoting. Uh, actually, let's keep it to one. Uh, what would you tell someone that is pivoting? Um, you know, they're, they're, they're building out their, their business, their company, and they're noticing that a couple of things need to happen um, and they have to make a switch. What's the one thing you would tell them?
1: Um, I, I guess my advice would come from the perspective that people can often be evaluating pivots um, and the opportunities that they uh, might include in a state of anxiety or worry because what they're currently doing isn't working out. And so it's one of those things where the grass is always greener on the other side. Um, So in that light, I would advise founders to really focus on validating the direction that they're going in, right? And seeing if they can do it for as as low cost as possible, validate uh, or invalidate multiple options, right? Multiple uh, kind of ways in which you can implement a pivot, right? Um, cause you also don't want to overcorrect. You want to make sure you're utilizing the data that you currently have, right? You want to make sure that you're leveraging the experience and the expertise that you have, um, and aren't going just for a greener pasture just because it'll provide you with like, okay, you know, well, we'll give ourselves three more months to figure this out because we're pivoting. Mm-hmm. Right? You want to be intentional, obviously about everything that you you do in a startup, because especially because uh, resources are so scarce and everything is so costly, right? So, um, you know, being as specific as you can about what exactly you're validating and why that pivot makes sense, I guess would be my advice.
0: Very cool. Very cool. (laughs) And uh, do you have any books that you would like to, you know, show people that has helped you throughout this whole process?
1: Yeah, one um, that I keep going back to, um, certainly on other projects, but in my thinking of Atenza and how it fits into the current landscape is uh, Peter Thiel's Zero to One. Okay. Um, that that focuses on kind of it's a very simple idea. You know, there's a very different workload, a different way of thinking about things. Going from zero, right? There's this thing doesn't exist. People aren't using yeah. what you're what, the solution that you're um, prescribing, right? They're just right. not they don't know it. About it, it's not getting them to do it, right? To mm-hmm. getting it to make sense. How do you get your thing that doesn't exist to then make sense in people's mind, right? That's going from zero to one, and that's the difficult task that requires, as you've already mentioned, you know, doing things that don't scale. Um, thinking in very different ways. Right. And then, you know, one to one thousand is a little bit more straightforward, right? Not that it's easy yeah. to, to scale a startup, but once you have that real product market fit, that real clarity in your messaging, once you know that it can click for five people, it can click for 500 people, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so Peter Thiel's zero to one is, is one that's really influenced my thinking um, and is kind of core to my big picture vision with the tens and where I think we can take, um, you know, uh, this kind of attention management strategy for teams.
0: Yeah. Awesome. That's great advice. And last question, do you have any company that you look up to? Um, that's the SaaS solution.
1: Oh, that's a good one. Um, a company that we or, ins-
0: or inspires you. Yeah. Either, either you look up to it or it inspires you in some way.
1: Yeah. Autopilot, uh, is one, um, they just produce a lot of great content. Um, Slack is another one. Their blog and kind of like the culture they built around using Slack, it goes back to that work stream collaboration idea that I mentioned earlier. People aren't really using that phrase yet, but Slack has done a good job of just normalizing that. It's, it's just, they, they've created a culture around the way they think we should work, mm-hmm. right? So, um, you know, in, in their blog and the way they communicate, it's been so impressive. And then Drift is another one as well. I mentioned that you know I follow their marketing podcast. They're so just constantly having great conversations. It's reflected in their content, um, kind of how bold their site is, the fact that they focus so heavily on creating a new category, right? Conversational marketing. It's a similar thing to what we're doing. We want to focus on automated awareness, right? Uh, is kind of a new category. The idea that you know that you need to be aware, your whole team needs to be aware of certain things in order to perform your job well. You might as well automate it. Yeah. The fact that you're not automating it means you're wasting time, right? So that's that's a lesson that we kind of got from the Drift team in their conversational marketing category.
0: That's awesome. Great answer. And do you have any questions?
1: Um, you know, not right now. Um, you know, I, I've been following a couple of the podcasts. You know, it's been really interesting to see other kind of like um, earlier stage SaaS founders and how they're approaching things. Yeah. Right. It's, just, it's just fascinating, too, that the other people um, that you've interviewed, there are a lot of people that fall – they're like in the same social media circles that I'm in. Right. I mean, I see that people also post in the same groups and discuss validation and discuss their like growth hacks and how they're like getting emails and how they're getting these certain intros or like doing collaborations and stuff like that. And you know, co-promotionals. So yeah, you know, I I don't really have any questions right now, but I'm just kind of letting you know that. Yeah. I appreciate the the circle that you're working with and, uh, I I look forward to more of these interviews kind of taking off and more people getting wisdom from them.
0: Thank you. I appreciate that. And uh, thank you for being on here today. It's a pleasure having you. Uh, For anyone uh, that wants to be on the podcast, just make sure you follow, subscribe, uh, and uh, let me know. Um, John, where can people find you online?
1: Yeah. So again, it's Atenza. It's A-T-T-E-N-S-A dot com. Go to attend.com You can sign up for a free trial. And if you can just let us know that you came from this pet, this podcast, um, we'll add an extra free month to your account. So perfect. yeah, sign up, reach out to us. We'll get you guys set up and uh, you can automate your awareness for your whole team.
0: There you go. And we'll keep it at that. Thank you so much cool. for being on today, John.
1: All right. Later.
0: Bye-bye.